Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. I think if you are going to plan a big trip or you have like an aspirational trip in mind, definitely open, like strategically plan opening your card with when you're going to have a big expense. Like for me and Louis, we had our wedding coming up. So we planned, we opened our old IHG card when we're about to pay for, you know, our wedding dress and our tuxedo rentals. I put all the sign up bonus spend on like big expenses like that. And that's how we end up getting the bonuses. Hello, travel hackers. You just heard a clip from Pani Zhao, who you can find on Instagram at Pani Zhao One. Pani and her husband Louis recently hacked an amazing $17,000 honeymoon to Bora Bora, including first-class flights on United Polaris. And in this episode, we are going to discuss exactly how they did that. Pani is an ER nurse in New York City, so please go show her some love on her Instagram and thank her for all that she did during the cluster year that was 2020. And also, it's worth noting that she and Louis were able to travel hack this trip without the benefits of job-related travel, without side gig or small business spend going through their cards, and without hacky hacks like manufactured spending, because it is possible. And if you would like some personalized help to build your travel hacking lifestyle, I offer free 30-minute coaching calls. You can sign up for a session at calendly.com slash geobreeze. Additionally, one of the hacks that we mentioned on this show is how to get upgrades by simply emailing the hotel in advance. You can download my template to do this at geobreezetravel.com slash download gifts for free. Both of those links are available for you in the show notes. Enjoy. Hey, Penny, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course, we are so excited to have you here today. So before we jump straight into all of the travel hacking knowledge that you have, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh gosh, so I am a full-time ER nurse and I just started, I feel like I'm still a baby in the whole travel hacking world that you guys are in, but I started about two years ago when I got engaged and I'm definitely still learning. Yeah. And first of all, you are an ER nurse in New York City, so God bless you in the year of 2020 and the pandemic and everything that I'm sure you've had to go through. Thank you so much for everything for that. Appreciate it. So you mentioned that you got into travel hacking when you got engaged. Was it because your fiance had gotten you into this hobby? Yeah, no. So I discovered this way before we actually got engaged when I was looking into my first credit card. I didn't know it at the time that it was called travel hacking, but I initially wanted a credit card to earn the points. And then just redeem a little bit to take to skim some of the travel costs. And I initially wanted to go to Hawaii. So I opened up the Bank of America travel card. And at the time it was a 1.5 point redemption. And it was the best one I could find. I don't I didn't think Chase had that at the time. I think that was about two oh five years ago. I opened my first Bank of America card. And then when he did propose to me, I knew I wanted to go to Bora Bora because I found Ask Sebi's YouTube 
And he introduced me to this whole world of, you know, going to places and finding aspirational places with almost no cost. That's so cool that you were able to find this on YouTube because most people, when I ask, how did you come across travel hacking? They mentioned that they read about it in a blog or that a friend that already knew about travel hacking got them into the hobby. So I just think that's so cool that there's so many different ways that somebody can come across this hobby like YouTube. Yeah, it actually opened up the whole world. I found him and then I found Credit Sifu and Credit Brian and it, it opened up the can of worms for me. Yeah. And so when you were first getting into travel hacking and opening up this can of worms, there are two paths that people normally take in the beginning. They either try very slowly and take one step at a time, one credit card at a time, or there are the people who dive straight in and grab five credit card applications at one time. Which path were you? I feel like I dove right in. I feel like you will like, you know, tread the waters a little bit and do a little redemption at time. I saw Bora Bora and I was like, I am going right in. All the cards that I opened, everything was for the trip to Bora Bora. Which cards did you open? I started off with the old Aishi card, which is now grandfathered. I opened one and then Louie, my, my now husband, opened one. And that was two years ago. And then I opened up the new Aishi Premier card, the Trace Sapphire Reserve, and the United card. Nice. And I think that's such a good strategy too, when you are focused on a particular goal and destination and you're like, Bora Bora, yeah. honeymoon, <laughs> this time of year, me and the new hubby. Yep. And it works so much better that way when you are laser focused and you can say, okay, these are the credit cards that I need in order to get the flight to Bora Bora, the hotel in Bora Bora, my hubby to Bora Bora, Bora Bora, everything. I'm just gonna get some chase cards and some Amex cards and then you know maybe here's some hotel cards and some flight cards and all right where can I go with these 18 cards that I've now opened without a plan yeah if you have a plan it's just so much easier to say oh I have now fulfilled that one plan and then you're it's just so much more streamlined and efficient oh. to approach travel hacking that way absolutely absolutely and I actually don't know how to do it the other way, where you open up a bunch of cards and figure out where you want to go from there. Like, I've only known one focus. That's the better way to go. When people are deeper into travel hacking, and then we're kind of looking at, okay, what cards don't I already have? Because if somebody already has 15 or 20 cards, then you're kind of limited on what you can get. And then you start chasing like promotions of which cards have a good sign-up bonus going on right now. And you start going off the strategy that way. And by that time, you already have a good idea of who are the transfer partners? Where can you go with this card? How can you leverage this card? But when you're doing that, it takes so much more breadth of knowledge, where instead, for anybody who's first starting out, if you say, I just want to go to France and stay right next to the Eiffel Tower, and I live in Nashville. What flights go from Nashville to Paris and what hotels are in this area that I want to stay at? Oh, absolutely. That's three questions, which is way easier than. So there's 30 cards available on this website. Where do they all go? Mm -hmm. That's 30 questions. So I love the focused approach that you have. And that's exactly what we did. So I, I laser focused on Bora Bora and I knew exactly what hotel I wanted. I wanted the Intercontinental, the Lasso. And I want to fly United. So I did everything focused around that. 
Perfect. And you just intuitively knew how to do this? Or was this advice from the YouTube channels that you were watching? So it was actually from that one YouTube video from Ask Sebi. It was called How to Go to Bora Bora for Free. So you were just like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of did exactly what he said. He And he said, have a player too. So it was me and Louie, and we both opened up the, the old grandfathered IHG card. And at the time when we opened it, we could get the free anniversary night to any IHG hotel. And then within one year of after opening, that redemption offer got canceled. And it downgraded to 40,000 points a night redemption for the anniversary. So the hotel that you use this at, remind us again, what hotel is this and how much would it have cost if you had to pay for a night at this hotel? So the hotel was the Intercontinental Thalasso, and it would have cost, I think, $1,154 a night. And I redeemed each night for 70,000 points. Very cool. What makes this hotel so expensive? Oh, God, because it's over the water with the Intercontinental Thalasso when you redeem with points versus its sister resort, Le Moana, which is about like a 15 minute boat ride. You get the, you automatically get the overwater bungalow. You don't get what the sister resort, Le Moana, offers with the same amount of points, the 70,000 points. You get only get the beach bungalow and then you'll have to hope to um, be upgraded to an overwater bungalow. So. That's, so if you book with points, you get automatic yeah. over water. Yep. And what is there to do on this resort other than go swimming and take 10 million Instagram photos, which I assume everybody is doing at this resort because I looked it up online and it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. What's there to do in this resort? Uh, they offer free paddle boarding, free kayaking. They have a spa there, which actually did cost a lot. I didn't go, but it looked beautiful. The spa had... Uh, a glass floor so you could watch the little fishy swim under you. Uh, they have a little snor uh, snorkeling pool. And then at the back of the resort, not a lot of people know this, at the back of the resort, it's where whales tend to migrate. So at the time when we were there, it was whale season. So a lot of whales were mating. And you could actually just stand there and watch the whales jump over the water. That is a next level yeah. travel hack right there knowing where the whales hang out what month is whale season i think it was when we, we went in october so it was like september october november cool and what is the food situation on this resort they have they have a five-star restaurant which is hell expensive and then they have i think one or two other restaurants we only ate at one of them I honestly forgot the name. I'm so sorry. Oh, you're fine. And did you go to the hella expensive restaurant or the other one? No, the other one. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to get free breakfast with any of your card statuses? No, but we got 50% off the breakfast buffet, which would have cost $50 per person. But when we went and with our hotel status, we got 50% off. So it was like $25 a person. That's not too bad. Yeah. Because... This grandfathered IHG card, which is now the IHG Premier, this gets you automatic platinum status. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And that actually got us um, an upgrade from the Emerald Villa, which is just a land view. Like when you look out your hotel, you only see the hotel. I mean, you look 
you see the beach, but with the status, we got upgraded to the sapphire, and we got a view of the mountain from there. The ocean and the mountain. Yeah. That's incredible. Did they do anything special since it was your honeymoon as well? I mean, they gave us a welcome platter. Other than that, I don't... And the upgrade? Not really. I don't think they really knew it was our honeymoon either. Sometimes you're just like, hey, it's my honeymoon. Then they'll upgrade you to like the even bigger one where they're like, oh, we have an overwater house. Oh my God, I should have done that. I'm I'm so bad at talking ourselves up, but I'll do that. I'll tell them. Next time. Maybe anniversary or something. Then you can... I actually have an email upgrade template that I use to get free upgrades everywhere. Oh. So you can find it at geobreezetravel.com slash download dash gifts. And I'll include it in the show notes as well for everybody. Awesome. But yeah, I've used that hotel upgrade email to get so many upgrades around the world. I think we had a thousand dollar night free in Maui, Hawaii. Oh and we got, it was in Copenhagen, Denmark. And they upgraded us to this suite because one of the doors was broken in the suite. And they're like, instead of fixing this, we're just going to upgrade regular people. And then they're going to be very happy to stay in this mega suite with this broken door. And they gave us a platter of Danish goods, which was really excellent because all of the food in Denmark was very expensive. And so we were able to just eat pastries for dinner. Oh, my God. Great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the flights that you took in order to get to Bora Bora? You said you flew United? Um, yeah. So when we first booked it, Louis actually had his Chase Sapphire preferred card and he just hoarded all his points. He hoarded his sign-up bonus and all the points that he got from spend, I think over three years. And we ended up booking two round trips with United, but economy for about 133,000 points. And then... When we booked the trip, it was on the week of his birthday. So I wanted to surprise him with first class tickets. So I opened up the United card, put the spend on it, got 40,000 points. And then I stole, I didn't steal, but he gave me 18,000 of his United points. And then I acquired 2,000 more points from spend. So about 60,000 points plus $1,200 for the one-way first class from Newark to, sorry, from Newark to Tahiti. And that would have cost about $6,200 and we paid $1,200. And this is for one-way first class redemption from, you said Newark Mm -hmm. to Tahiti on United. And the first number you said 130,000, was that for two round trip tickets in economy? And then it took an extra 1,000 dollars and 60,000 points to get you upgraded. Yeah. Okay. And then on the way back then was already covered from the 130,000 round trip and that was an economy. Cool. All right. And which cards did you say you used to get this Chase Sapphire Reserve? What so I used well I first used the 133,000 points from Louis Sapphire preferred. He transferred that to my Chase Sapphire Reserve card which I redeemed for 1.5 times the points to the travel portal and then i upgraded with the united card very cool tell us a little bit about your first class experience flying over to tahiti julia i've never flown first class i never thought i would and it was the so it was so much space and there was so much like luxury stuff that i never thought i would use so it was amazing what kind of luxury stuff oh god they had like little towels little socks little slippers what was in the amenity kit? What was it? 
face lotion? Face lotion? Was it some luxury brand that nobody actually ever? I, I totally forgot what it was. It, you know, I, I'm not used to this luxury stuff. So it, it was something I didn't remember. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember what it was. It's okay. Do you Did you keep the amenity kit nice purse as a souvenir? Okay. Because I know some people who fly first class, like the only time ever. And they're like, this is my day-to-day clutch purse now. And whenever I go shopping at Macy's or Starbucks or anything, I'm just going to whip out this as my wallet and be like, once upon a time, I flew first class. Yep. Look, I'm fancy. Yep, yep. I've kept it. They give us a little uh, face mask. I kept all the face mask in there. The little socks I've kept. Were they comfy face masks and socks in first class? Oh, I forgot to mention. So it was Polaris. The first class flight was Polaris. And they, it came with, what is it, a cushiony face mask? Oh, that's a whole nother level of stuff then. Because there's regular United first class. Yeah. And then there's United Polaris yeah. first class. Yeah. Did they give you teddy bears? No, I didn't get a teddy bear. No teddy bear. Okay. Did they give you pajamas? No, they gave us like two pillows, a blanket, and the amenity kit. Were they special pillows or blankets? I think it was Saks Fifth Avenue. Did you have to give back the pillows and blankets? Yes, unfortunately. I wonder if they still do that where now you're like, I'm using, where people are saying, I'm flying United Polaris first class. I don't want to use a blanket that somebody else used because I remember reading they had problems with people stealing the blanket. Oh, really? And you, you can't steal a blanket like inconspicuously yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm just going to roll this up and put it in my hand carry. And then be like, oh, totally didn't steal this blanket <laughs> because apparently they were that comfy. Are they amazingly comfy? They, they were. They were amazingly. They were so soft, so warm. What was the food like? The food wasn't bad, actually. It was hella better than economy. I think we had eight. We had Chinese food. It was like some kind of Asian cuisine. I don't fully remember. I never having. I had salmon, and then Louis had steak. That's all I. Nice. Yeah. Was there a bar that you could go walk around on this plane? No, we didn't have a bar. Uh, no bar on the plane. But because of COVID, I think all they were able to serve was beer and wine. Oh, because you already, it was already COVID when you were taking this trip. Yeah, it was in October. So. Oh, this is more recent than, I thought you took all of this before COVID. Oh, no. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. So since it was COVID, were you having to wear masks the whole time then on the flight? Yeah. Mask compliance was pretty good. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. We didn't come across anyone who was giving flight attendants a hard time, but everyone was very compliant with it. That's good. Because I know United has gotten a lot of flack for not blocking middle seats. So in economy, everybody's kind of squished together like sardines. But if you can lay out in first class, you're just like, oh, everyone's six feet away. It's nice. Yeah, it was nice. Even on the flight back, there wasn't a lot of people. So we didn't have to worry about like an overcrowded plane. Nice. So do you know how much all of this would have cost if you took the same trip but had to pay just regular money? Oh, God. It would have cost $17,000. Around seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, with the upgraded overwater bungalow. Yeah, it was six nights overwater bungalow and a layover night in Tahiti. Would have, everything would have cost 17000 Were there any stops on the flight from Tahiti back to Newark? Uh, so we flew from Newark to San Francisco. And then San Francisco to Tahiti, and then Tahiti to Bora. Nice. Did you stay in any airport lounges along the way? Yes. So with the first class, we got access to, we're supposed to get access to the Polaris Lounge, but it was closed. So we just got access to the regular United Club. And it was nice. Instead of the full breakfast, 
or the full buffet spread, they had uh, little packaged foods, unlimited drinks and coffee, and it was so spacious and clean and very little people. Nice. All right. So any other details of this amazing trip that we haven't touched on? We talked about flights, hotels, lounge. Was there anything else that you came across during this trip where you were just like, ah, this is the life? I don't know. It's, if anyone is ever going to plan on going to Bora Bora, it's worth spending three years planning for it because it was exactly like paradise there. I have never been to Polynesia, but it was a very popular destination this year because it was one of the few countries that was still letting in Americans during the pandemic. So it looks amazing. So uh, before we went, we actually had to do a COVID test three days before and then bring a negative result to even board the plane. So they're actually really good about the whole COVID situation. And then coming back, did you have to get tested as well before getting on the plane? Um, They wanted us to test three days before, and then we had to test again three days after when we arrived there. So we had before boarding to come back to the U.S. And they just have an on-site clinic at the resort in case anybody feels like they're getting COVID or just to get tested or anything like that. Um, They actually gave us uh, little self-test kits uh, that we did ourselves in a hotel room. And I, I don't know about the clinics there, but Borobor had its own, like Borobor had its own town on the main island and they had a little clinic there. But if anyone did get sick, they would go straight to Tahiti where the, you know, the bigger hospitals were. That's really good to know too. Yeah. So now you've taken this trip, what's next? What's the next trip that you're planning for with travel hacking? Oh God, I'm dreaming about the Maldives now. What's the plan? Have you started planning it? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm just going to try and rack up as much UR points because that's just my favorite travel currency. I don't know much about Amex points, but I just feel like the whole UR, the ultimate reward ecosystem is so easy to you know, get a grasp on. It's definitely one of the best recommended ones for people just starting out where you're getting either Chase Sapphire Preferred or Chase Sapphire Reserve and then being able to use what they call the trifecta of cards where you have one of those gateway cards and then a way to get 5x points somewhere and then another card like the the Freedom Ultimate that gets you 1.5 everywhere else where you normally wouldn't get a good redemption. So which Chase cards do you already have in your wallet? I just got the Chase Ultimate Flex. One, yeah. So I'm going to add that to my Chase Trifecta. I don't really have a Trifecta. I have that Chase Freedom and then I have the Chase Sapphire Reserve. So that's my whole strategy right now. Cool. And then how about your player too, Louie? What does he have as far as cards right now? Uh, he has the old Aishi and he has a Chase Sapphire Preferred. And I'm going to try and convince him to open up the Hyatt. Yeah, but Hyatt's a good card and Maldives is a great goal. That one looks amazing as well. Yeah, I know it's going to take 100,000 points. So it's, it's a lot more to work towards. 100,000 points for both of you round trip? Uh, it's going to take 100,000 points a night at one of the intercontinental hotels in the Maldives. Sorry, I should have been more specific. Okay. So one night, 100,000 points yep. on the IHG system. Yeah. Okay. And then how about flights? Have you looked into what flights would cost for the Maldives? Mm, not yet. Okay. But... Yeah, you have some time because these trips take a long time to plan. And sometimes people 
kind of internally freak out where they're like, I'm only taking one of these big trips every two or three years, but the points guy is just traveling every month to one of these places. Yeah, not all of us can be Brian Kelly. And I think it's completely normal to only take one of these big trips every couple of years because it's so easy to just get wrapped up in Instagram and be like, why am I not consistently pumping out content like these people who are always in Polynesia? And yeah, it's just not everybody can do that. And it is completely a normal travel hacking experience to do one of these big trips every couple of years or to do a bunch of little trips like every other month. So it's just whatever travel hacking style somebody wants to pursue in their life. Mm, Absolutely. Well, cool. Can you tell us any unique viewpoints that you've developed on travel hacking since you started getting in the game? Mm, Unique viewpoints? Oh my goodness. So I've never, I never knew that you could be rewarded so well with being good with money. Like just paying off your credit cards and actually redeeming points where you could go on aspirational trips. Whoever thought about that, you know? Yeah. A lot of people who are not in the hobby yet think it's a scam for multiple reasons. And as long as you stick with certain fundamental principles, it really does reward you so well for just having personal finance together. It's like it's opened up a whole new world. Yeah. If you can just get your credit card bill paid off in full, every statement balance, full statement balance every month. And so you never have to pay interest on your credit cards. And then you have a good focused plan for knowing where you want to go and what credit cards it's going to take to get there. Helps so much. And if anybody listening to this right now is thinking, I have absolutely no idea where to start or even do that. I offer 30 minute coaching calls for free. So you can just be like, what do I do first? And how do I get started? So I'll leave the link to that in the show notes as well. Thanks. Tell us about your best one-liner piece of travel hacking advice for listeners from everything that you've learned from your Bora trip. I think if you are going to plan a big trip or you have an aspirational trip in mind, Definitely open, like strategically plan opening your card with when you're going to have a big expense. Like for me and Louis, we had our wedding coming up. So we planned, we opened our old Aishi card when we're about to pay for, you know, our wedding dress and our tuxedo rentals. I put all the sign up bonus spend on like big expenses like that. And that's how we end up getting the bonuses. This is one of my favorite pieces of advice because if somebody is having a wedding, and paying for it, you should be getting your honeymoon for free. That's just how it should work. Well, cool. And can you suggest to listeners a couple of travel hackers on the internet who you have found to be really helpful and have great advice and maybe one day we can even see on this show? Oh, gosh. Ask Sevi. He's my favorite. And Credit Brian. Perfect. And both of them are big on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. And where can we find you on the internet, Penny? at pannyzow1 on Instagram. Perfect. So if anybody has any questions on your Bora Bora trip and how you were able to do this magnificent points redemption, please reach out to Panny. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a wealth of information and now I really want to go to Bora. Bora. <laughs> oh, you definitely should. Highly recommend. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards or other tools mentioned on today's call piqued your interest, please use the links in the show notes to apply or to learn more about any of the cards. Commissions earned from these signups help to support the podcast. 
Additionally, the single best travel hack I can recommend is finding friends who can show you about even more travel hacks, and it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. And if you would like to meet even more travel hacking friends, come join one of our travel hanging hangouts. We discuss behind the scenes tips, celebrate each other's wins, and mostly just enjoy being around other people who enjoy this hobby just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, just head over to geobreeze slash hangouts and sign up to be on the invite list. See you there. Take care and happy travels.